So if I'm being completely honest, I've tried to record this episode, I think, three times now. Um, and this is where we are. So I'm in a space in life right now where I'm just like, fuck it. So you know this is going to be a fun one. Hello, fabulous humans. How's life going? Are you getting through each day? Are you making time for yourself outside of your goals and all the work and productivity you're creating? (laughs) Have you remembered lately that you are not a productivity robot? Because I've been having to work on that lately. Um, Consciously focus on the times when I say, and now I rest. And now I take a bath and now I smoke a joint and do a face mask. And now I fill in the blank, invite a sexy human over and have a sensual time. And now I fill in the blank. Ooh, y'all. I've really been feeling it lately. Uh, I've tried to epi- to record this episode several times. Like I said, I kept... I just have so many things going on, which I've taken on. As I said to someone the other day, I said, I have a very full plate, but I really like to eat. (laughs) So my plate is full, but I eat a lot, you know? Um, I want all the things that I'm hungering for and putting in my life. And that's something to be grateful for. Looking at the things in your life that are demanding, right? That feel like this obligation or just a duty or something that you have to make sure is taken care of. Whether it's yourself, your job, a spouse, a child, a business, a community, a group of friends that you want to support. Whatever it may be. The plants in your house. (laughs) Have you watered your plants? Take a breath. But my invitation to you is to look at the things in your life and ask why they're there. Of course, some things just need to sustain you, right? But if you have a project or an obligation or a list of something, and maybe you're even procrastinating it, maybe you're not even doing it, whatever it is, did you choose it? Did you choose the project? Did you choose this job? Did you choose this human? Is this something you decided? <laughs> I wouldn't, we, I have a show called Burnout. My business partner and co-owner of my production company, Shanini, uh, we are producing a show called Burnout. And there is a point where they're having a scene where there, there's this line where the roommate is kind of being like, well, the roommate's bitching. And then her roommate turns to her and says, isn't this what we wanted? Aren't we living the bohemian dream? Or, you know, something to that effect. And it's the thing of remembering that your struggle may not actually be a struggle. I'm not saying that it's not hard, but that our struggles are like flags, right? There are things to be like, hey, this is part of it. This is an element. This This is a step that you have to go through. And whether you want to suffer through it is really up to you. It really is. And it doesn't feel that way. But when you can have moments of, yes, this might not be what I thought it should be, but it does have a purpose. It does lead me to something else, to the effect, like a means to an end sort of idea. 
Um, that just helps whenever I get in my head or my heart and I'm saying, oh, I'm struggling. Oh, there's so much going on. When I want to want wah my situation, right? Because we really like to feel bad for ourselves. And don't get me wrong. It's good to give yourself some empathy, some compassion, but you don't have to pity yourself because it's really not helpful. At least that's what I've found. Um, I'm not saying I don't do it. I'm just saying I catch myself and it's like, bitch, get up. So yeah, how's that going for you? (laughs) I personally, as far as the restaurant have been just not feeling it and I have been using the fact that I get so irritable and so drained of my energy so quickly there because I know what's possible and I know what I'm working towards of just being totally 100% working for myself. And I'm so close. Um, So in the meantime, when I'm not creating or feel like that's what I'm meant to do, when it doesn't look like what I think it should look like, right? I start to throw little fits in my own mind. And it's really important for me to go, this is a part of it. This is a means to an end that I'm able to have other things, not in this present moment, you know, I'm going to get a check later or I'm going to get this, you know, it's able to sustain the things that do bring me this joy. It just helps pull the struggle out of it a little bit. Because eventually you will not be there (laughs) because if you have a plan, it's coming. And if you don't have a plan, you know you want it so you can make a plan. Like there's always a choice. There's always a moment to step out of it. Also backpedaling just a touch, you know, with the idea of what we think it should look like. (laughs) I have to laugh at myself a lot for that. What do you think you know? I mean, yeah, we all have our theories. This is our human experience. We're going through it. We have our own innate wisdom. And I mean, in the grand scheme of things, how things are going, like, What's meant to happen is going to happen. And you can affect it with your choices. And you really don't have that much control over how the world moves. And so there's so much beauty in the acceptance of what is. Here I am needing to take my own damn advice. You know, and embracing it. But can you use this fuel, this excess energy in the way of what what comes out as your stress, what comes out as your depression, your exhaustion, your anger, your frustration, your irritability. Are you able to take that energy, uh, feel it, let it be, and then move it, transmute it, use it as fuel towards what you do want? Again, this is always going to be my heart, like transmuting and using your own power. So this thing that you thought was draining you and pulling you down is actually fire in your mother effing soul. And it is going to pull you out and support you and help you build that. And let me tell you, oh, there is no greater motivator than the fucking weight of feeling like you're not where you want to be. And as it motivates you, isn't so interesting that it simultaneously is something you have to embrace. The resistance, right? Yes, this is it. I literally, guys, I got so bogged down in my nasty thoughts. I just, what was that accent that just came out? What was that? I got so bogged down in my nasty thoughts and my criticism and my nee 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 ego voice 
this morning I took my dry erase board, I cleared it all out, and I just wrote expansive thoughts. And I just filled the board. I am fulfilled. I am divine. I am cherished. I am wealthy. I, I am boundless. Life, anything is possible. You know, writing just expansive thoughts to just shift my mind, to retrain my brain, retrain my brain. Um, there's, I think I've mentioned it before, but there's a doctor, doc, I think, I don't know if it's amen or amen. I think he's on Dr. Phil a lot. That's what my mom said. Um, but doc amen on Instagram, I follow him and he's a brain doctor and surgeon and he studies brains and it has a lot of really incredible stuff. I really recommend you look up, check them out because it's really helpful in terms of the things you put in your body to fuel that, which then affect your emotions and just habits and ways that you can, you know, really understand what's going on with yourself. But anyway, sidebar. So Doc Amen is someone and something he says is to retrain your brain. And I got the idea from him of talking about um, like before you go to bed at night, um, naming, you know, in the same vein of how prayer helps people, you know, how it uh, grounds you and brings you back to yourself and back to God or your source or whatever you believe in, uh, of listing things that went well and or listing why tomorrow is going to go well. And then in the morning, you can wake up with whatever thoughts are there. Believe me, I'm there with you. My whole, my whole foundation of my coaching business is creating morning routines. So I understand the purpose of needing to shift your mood because I don't wake up dee 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 singing and life is good and anything is possible expansive thoughts that's why i write these things down that's why i have reminders around because this is the essence i want to carry so i have to surround myself with it so retraining your brain is something that's really helpful for to me helpful to me and it doesn't take major science to understand that you just have to shift your focus shift your attitude shift your mood that's a basic concept um, well, concept doesn't mean people grasp it, but the idea of changing your mood. Um, so that helps before you go to bed, literally list five things that went well that day. And, and I do it even when I'm feeling crappy and it doesn't mean that the crappy things didn't happen, but it does mean that you are acknowledging that good things also happened. And the more that you can shift your focus onto the positive, we retrain our brain. Now, Speaking of retraining brains, let's talk about all the things that challenged me and made me had to shift my focus and stay positive at the restaurant. I'm gonna tell you some crazy stories about things customer customers asked for and did. And it was like right when I had come back from working on a bunch of films. And so I had just come from this creative flow and it was like the first tables back. Oh my gosh, okay, who do I talk about first? Well, for those of you who have listened to the Handwritten Letters and Boundaries episode, um, I would like you to know that I got another um, card and letter, but this was from a different man um, who (laughs) was sitting by himself and talking to the owner, and he knows a couple of people, and he called me over. When I dropped his check, he said, I think you forgot something. And I looked, I said, oh, what did I forget? And I looked and he said, your phone number. <laughs> so I laughed out loud. I said, no, I think everything's there. You'll just have to come back and see me, you know, trying to make it cordial and funny and back to that thing of I am a server and I'm literally, my job is to like, make sure you have a good experience, but not at the expense of me agreeing to something I don't want. So I joke my way out of it. I walk away from the table and then 
he asked me again something. He said, you're really not going to give me your number? I said, no, I don't give my number to customers. And he said, well, I'm not a customer anymore. I've just paid. <laughs> he did have a point. Um, didn't feel unsafe, but it was just another little instance that I was not interested in. And then I, I went I, the next day, I came back to work and someone said, well, he apparently went to look for me to say goodbye, but I was downstairs doing something um, noted. And then the next day I came into work and my manager handed me a card, an envelope and a card. And I opened it and it was a card from this man with his business card and his cell phone and asking to take me to dinner. And you know what? Very freaking done well. I'm not going to be going on a date with him, but it was, you know, very nice. Anyway, so another more handwritten letters come in. Um, I do appreciate the penmanship, the creativity. Uh, I appreciate the effort. You know, writing things by hand is uh, is intentional. And that's, that's the universe showing me what is possible. Now let's just find it in a different human. <laughs> so that was a fun one. But also, hand kiss guy came back. And he, I realized, has a drinking problem if I didn't realize that already. And had a lot of wine, um, but nothing more than I thought would really knock him out. Like, I think he had five glasses of wine um, and ended up leaving pretty drunk. He must have been on some other pills or something because our restaurant is decorated for the fall. There is gourds and pumpkins and whatnot. This man went to the bathroom probably seven or eight times throughout the dinner um, I realized as we were clearing the plates out, he didn't eat any of the food that was there. So that was however much wine on an empty stomach. And I clearly think he's on something else because he was in a different world. And after the fact, found a squash that looked like it had a bite taken out of it. I think he went in there and like ate one of the squash. I don't know. Um, however, he left and we were like, Ooh, okay, he left with his date great um and then actually now i think about it his date left slightly before him um he went back to the bathroom again and he finally left and then we're closing up and then we see him skipping around outside in the patio like like this man looks like he is starring in a musical for you know like miracle on 34th street like wonderful life christmas time gleefully skipping this grown man he is a tall, sexy man, skipping around, like giggling like a kid. Like, I don't know what this man, whoo, just going for it. We were like, okay, like, what do we do? And so we're still cleaning up, closing up. Then he decides to come inside the restaurant and he's skipping around and everything. We're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this man is so drunk. So my manager takes him, sits him down, gets him some water. We try to hail him a cab. Okay, she gets him into a cab. She tells him the address. I somehow managed to get his address out of him. We get him in his cab. We come back in. What do we know next thing? There he is behind us, skipping back into the restaurant because the cabbie kicked him out. So then we ended up getting his Uber for him. We got his phone out. We got him an Uber to his house and that ended up working. And remember, this is the hand lick guy. So when we were getting him in the cab, I was standing with him as his Uber pulled up. He grabbed my arm and he went to kiss it again. 
but I learned and I pulled my hand away and I said, okay, okay. <laughs> so I wanted to come back and let everybody know about that. <laughs> now going into some more extreme moments. This is literally my first day back after I had been working on a short film for a while and it was phenomenal. It was beautiful. It was everything I wanted to do. I had a brilliant time. We created beautiful things. I did wardrobe and set design. And it was just a fabulous crew, a fabulous cast, um, beautifully written short film called Inertia. Um, anyway, coming off of that, and then my first day back to the restaurant, oh my gosh, what was that for? I came in, these weren't even my tables. I was just picking up the next two to move the shift along once I entered. <laughs> these are the first two tables I came back to, guys. First off, there's this older couple. They come in a lot. They complain every single time they come in. They always have something to say. And this woman was so upset because there was no spinach in her Caesar salad. Okay, I don't know if anyone uh, is missing any details here, but a Caesar salad is romaine lettuce, um, generally Parmesan cheese, croutons, uh, anchovy in an anchovy dressing, Caesar dressing, okay? Okay, romaine, okay. Um, so there's no spinach. She was mad that we didn't do that. Okay, so anyway, there's, uh, there's always solutions, right? She was also mad that her, um, about her chicken. She said her chicken was super dry. And this was after I had started to walk away. She was like, and, and another thing. And I was like, and another thing. Like you were just so overwhelmed with issues. You couldn't even get them all out to me in the first conversation we had. She's like, this chicken is, is too dry. I need another chicken. I'm like, okay, no problem. So then we take it. And as I'm doing this, there's a woman eating by herself that had ordered the fish. It comes in a big bowl with vegetables. And she was so upset that her fish was in a bowl she said this is ridiculous I can't believe you played it like this I can't even I can't even eat this as she shoves the final pieces of fish into her mouth therefore cleaning the bowl it's impossible to eat I just I don't know why you would do it I just can't even eat it this is ridiculous <laughs> I said she said you used to come on a plate so you've been here before you can't ask for a plate. You also like what? You're literally finishing your meal right now as you're saying, this is ridiculous. And so as I'm walking back to angry spinach Caesar salad lady, this other woman yells across the patio, it's ridiculous. <laughs> to which I didn't even turn and look, still looking at angry spinach Caesar lady. Yep, it's pretty ridiculous that fish was in a bowl. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you don't even want to help yourself. You don't, I, I said, do you want a plate? No, I can't even eat this. As she finishes the meal, like, what's going on? Long story short, short she ended up getting that meal freaking comped because she complained so much. But it sure wasn't to me because I don't even acknowledge that. If you're going to talk about some bullshit, like, I'm not entertaining it. You can talk to somebody else. That is also why I have always said no to being a manager because I personally don't want to give my energy to people who are just trying to get something for free. And that is an unfortunate element of the business at times. However... It was ridiculous that she was upset about her fish in a bowl. And I wanted to be like, well, ma'am, all fish live in bowls if you have a pet. Oh, sorry, that was a stretch. I tried on that one. 
So anyway, the kicker around spinach Caesar lady and her dry chicken, by the way, I want you to know that after I had them remake the salad and start making a different, you know, juicy chicken so it wasn't dry, she ordered um, our chicken, which is a different one of our chickens, which is actually pounded thin and deep fried and crispy and crunchy and like pretty dry. <laughs> that was her solution. So suck on that. Now, Anyway, those were my first two tables back and talk about getting slapped. Like being in a visceral place of I was where I wanted to be and I was doing what I love and now I am not. It was night and day. And it was just so amazing that these things are both in a sense essential in this time for me because right, I need the extra money and so I'm doing the extra bartending restaurant work and I also have this beautiful element of my life of creation and getting paid to work on films and making stories and working with people who are creative and love what they do. And it was just so crazy that like this world is just nuts. The fact that I can have these experiences within two weeks, it's like or within one week, it's like all of it is there. And how do we respond to it? Because we're not always gonna just be spoon-fed and handed these beautiful situations, right? So knowing what's possible, it's like, how can I shift this? Like, but I literally was like, nope, not today, Satan. We're not doing it. Now, you may think that you saw the end of Angry Spinach Caesar Salad Lady, but throughout the meal, um, she was such a pain, ended up finally leaving, and then she came back. So come to find out that as I'm having some, you know, as we do in the restaurant industry, uh, table bitching about this woman and her issues, I come to find out that the owner has in fact actually asked her not to come back at one point. That every single server that has taken care of her has issues with her. <laughs> so fascinating, felt so validated. I digress. Life goes on, I'm back for another shift. My first table when I'm there, it was just me because it was slow in between. I was starting the shift and here comes angry witch lady. I just call her that because everything is always wrong. Um, and she sits down and I'm already like, oh God, okay, here we go. And then I had a moment and I said, no, because the hostess was like, okay, you know who's out there. And I was like, no, I'm not giving away my power. I'm not going to you know, cower at this, you know, miserable human, I'm going to go and take charge of my tables. So I went out and take care of her and her husband. They're there again. And she's going through the menu and she asks me to pick something for her. To which I said, no, <laughs> because she always sends everything back. And she, she prefaces by saying, you know, everything I always get, I didn't like it. I didn't like anything. I none of these restaurants are good anymore. There's nowhere else to eat. You're in New York City on the Upper West Side. There are a million places to eat. I have a feeling it might be you. Anyway, and I just, I don't know what's happening anymore, but I want to know what to recommend. I said, honestly, I think you should um, pick what you want because you uh, tend to be disappointed with your dishes and I don't want to be the one to blame for that. I think you should, you've been here before and you know what we have and you should read the menu and decide what you'd like. Okay, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting that in there. Don't put that in my hands. No, we're not doing that. So we did all this. Now, I wanna go back to the concept of choosing something. 
it has been a roller coaster, my attitude at the restaurant. You know, these crazy things happen and they're noteworthy because they're funny and they're ridiculous. And, you know, you don't even hear about all the things that go on and things that are said and weird situations that happen. However, I will say that when I have other things going on, when I'm focusing on what I do want, what the vision is, rather than my attitude of this isn't what I want being at, you know, working as a bartender. It is so amazing how much weight can be taken off of me when I am at work, when I have other things going on. When I came back after working on those films and those first two experiences were my tables, I was laughing about it. I was like, this is so, so clear and so different right? That I didn't even get upset because it was just silly. But then the longer that I was there and when I have more of these experiences and if I lose sight of what I'm really focusing on and the fact that this job is a means to an end and something I have chosen to do and is in fact a blessing, my tolerance and my patience are astounding. I can make light of, I can laugh at things and that just feels so good. Oh, hey, New York. You got something to say? You mad? You honking? (laughs) But I chose this because it is helping me. And through this, I have found a way to talk about things and transmute things and synthesize things into my life because they're here and I'm embracing the fact that I am resisting it. (laughs) So what are you resisting in your life? I hear over and over again, and I just love this concept and this idea to remember that the things that stir the most up in you are things that are going to have the biggest reward when you look at them. The biggest payoff, the biggest release. That person that you can't stand, that you don't want to talk to, you have to talk to them. Okay, now back to witchy lady woman. Now, after all of that, and she finally chose something, made her own choice. I think she ordered a steak or something. She wanted spinach on the side instead of the potatoes. She didn't want the sauce on it or something. Anyway, she gets her food. The steak's not cooked the right way. She doesn't like the way the spinach is. She's mad that the spinach is on the plate. The sauce is there, but it's on the side, but she doesn't want the sauce. She's mad that the sauce is there. You know, like this is what happens every single time. And at one point, I was like, I was just getting upset. And I literally said to her, you know, I don't know why you guys keep coming back because you're never happy. And I, you know, like you seem to be disappointed a lot with your dishes. (laughs) Like, Anyway, in the long run, I ended up just passing them off because I don't care enough. Well, let's be clear. I care very much when I know that your problem is a real problem. Now, someone might say, Tiffany, who are you to determine whether or not a problem is a real problem? Because I know that we have choices. Okay, New York, fucking relax. I'm recording a podcast. I know that we all have choices. And if I can choose, if I can choose to be 
compassionate and not lose my shit on you for asking for stupid things while you sit in your privileged entitled space and order from this expensive ass menu and dare to complain that there's nowhere to eat I have no fucking time or space for your privileged behind to tell me why your life is so terrible and how you can't find any other place to eat and how your fish is in a bowl and how you're so upset because the wine glass smell like wine and you know like the list continues and after years of dealing with these people and their frugal problems in comparison to the real life altering challenging mental like you know challenges and life lessons that people have to endure and all the things like the big picture of what this world is and you're mad about fucking salmon I digress So we all have a choice. She has a choice. I have a choice. My manager has a choice. They have a choice. The person who gave their two weeks had a choice. And we all decided it was either too much or not enough or we just need something different. Everyone has their limits. Now, when I started recording this episode, it was the end of October. It's like I said, it's taken me a while to get this one done. I've had a lot of other projects going on. And since then, I'd like to share with you what happened to me the last time I was at work. And I haven't been back since. I am going back today with a new attitude. And I had a breakdown. You know, it's funny. Since I started this podcast, I think I've only ever broken down three times at the restaurant. And two of them are being shared with you in this recent timeline. Now, it was marathon day. I don't know if you've ever been in New York City on Marathon Day, but it is one of the most hectic days, at least for restaurant workers after 2 (laughs) p.m. And I forgot to request it off, totally slipped my mind, so there I was, working the patio on Marathon Day. You can barely get back and forth from the patio to the inside. There are people crossing on the street while you're trying to do things. There's so many families. Everyone wants you to know they ran the marathon, as they should. It's a very impressive thing. But listen, when every single person at my table is celebrating and doing it, and I'm just trying to do my job, I really don't care. Uh, (laughs) No, anyway, it was a hectic day. It had been building up day after day after day of saying, I'm choosing a right attitude. I'm choosing the right attitude. I'm choosing the right attitude without actually acknowledging my disdain and uncomfort and upset. And... I cracked. I worked for five hours straight, just ba da 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 flipping tables, marathon tables, tables, parties, families, big groups. You know, and not everyone was awful, not at all. A lot of really wonderful people. But the energy and the stress and the pace can really exhaust you. So I finally had a moment, I think it was about nine o'clock, where I got a moment to breathe. I knew my tables were good enough where I could actually go take a breath because I felt very stressed. I had a man who was upset that his wine glass smelled like wine. So I said, okay, and I took them. Then he said, you need to smell them. I said, I'm not smelling them. I believe you, I'll get you different glasses. Smell the wine, I'm not smelling the glass. I will bring you different wine glasses, thank you. Then we carry on, he was very rude, very condescending. That's the thing, sometimes it's not even, people don't even say actual deliberate rude things to you. Body language, tone, right? You can just feel when someone is being gross. 
Um, so this old British white man, not that I have any triggers there. My father is from England, actually Australia, but he was born in England. So, you know, childhood issues, no big deal. Good to know where your triggers can lie. Awareness is important. He was upsetting me and it was one thing after the other and he was very condescending in his tone and then we got to his second bottle of wine and I bring it over he sniffs it before he even tastes it or looks at it he goes it's corked and hands it back to me okay when I tell you as I walked past when I walked back with that bottle in my hand all I wanted to do was smash the bottle of wine on the wall that's all I wanted to do I felt so much rage in me and I knew I had to take a freaking break. So nine o'clock rolls by. I've been taking tables for five hours straight on marathon day and I'm finally given a moment to breathe. So I take a beat and I walk downstairs and I connected to my breath. And I burst into tears in the basement of my restaurant sitting on a bag of folded linens. And I cried and I sobbed and the thoughts that ran in my head were a strong combination of it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, and I'm never going to get out of here. I'm going to be stuck here in this service that I don't like with people who are ungrateful and, and privileged and entitled and rude and condescending. And I sat in that world and I cried. And I don't leave work early. But I gathered myself enough to go back onto the floor and keep taking care of my tables. And as I walked up, my coworkers knew and said, what's wrong? Took a deep breath and I just took a stand for myself. And despite my productivity, workaholic, capitalistic mindset programming of needing to finish and make the money and do the work and be the productivity robot... I said, I think I need to go home. And I did. And I left. And as soon as I left, I felt lighter. I felt better. And the further I got from this workplace, (sighs) the more weight was released. I chose this, I tell myself. I won't be there forever. I am working towards things. And now, the takeaway, the lesson, I don't feel bad for breaking down. I don't feel bad for being upset. I'm not mad at myself for getting angry. I have every right to be angry. I have every right to be upset. I don't have any right to let other people feel the effects of my pain. And so I work on it and I work on my other stuff and I come home and I write and (laughs) my pilot is in picture lock, which is so exciting. I mean, it's done editing. It's going to sound and color and soundtrack and I'm so happy. And I can't blame that place 
It's just the circumstance of what it is. And I chose it because I need it. I could go and get another restaurant job somewhere else, but I'm building towards something bigger, something different, something expansive, something where my service can serve the people who want to do the work. My service can serve the people who are aware and open and want to heal and want to improve and want to expand who they are and learn the lessons and be better and want to make sure that Their shit doesn't spill out of the cup onto someone who doesn't deserve it. And while I may not deserve the way some of these customers treat me, I am fucking strong enough and powerful enough to transmute it into something beautiful and to use it as my fuel. What in your life have you chosen that is not serving you, yet is somehow fueling you? And how much longer can you do it? Where is the line? Where is the limit? When do you get pushed too far? Because I don't want to be there to see what happens when I do finally smash the bottle of wine on the wall. I don't want to get to that point. It's not that serious, but something is serious within me that needs to be looked at. (sighs) I've done a lot of work on myself since I left that night. I was supposed to go back the other night and my manager said, do you want to come in? Are you okay to work tonight? And I said, you know what? I'm not. I'm not okay right now to work. I'm not ready yet. So I took another night off because my mental health needed it and I don't regret it one bit. And I did some meditation and breath work and journaling and worked on my other stuff and put my emotions into my creativity and I moved it. Emotion. I put that energy into motion. And now I understand my new mantra. (laughs) Because things are always changing. They always need to be, you know, refreshed, reclaimed. Is patience. Patience and presence. Because every time I'm getting upset, I'm denying the reality. I'm denying my presence. No, I shouldn't be right here right now. I should be somewhere else. I deserve to be with other people. Well, whatever you think you deserve is irrelevant right now because this is where you are. Patience, presence, brings you to the present moment, brings you to the conscious moment so that I can see when I'm being disrespected and when I need to walk away. Or I can see when I'm being disrespected and need to say, you know what, you shouldn't come back here. Or I can see that this person isn't being rude, I'm just unhappy. And sometimes it's that, sometimes it's the first, sometimes it's the latter. But if you're not present, you can't see your reality. And if you're not patient, you won't have a new one. So take a deep breath, put you first, take some patience and know that it's coming. It's coming. I love you.
If you are enjoying my podcast, tell a friend, share it, rate it, like it. It all helps. I really appreciate it. I hope you're doing what you love. And I hope you have people around you who see you for how wondrous you are. And most importantly, I hope you see it. And if you can't see it, I invite you to adapt some tools as reminders because we can never be told how wonderful we are too much, in my humble opinion.